This is the MagicWordPodcast.com. Well, we're on our beginning of the second day. We had a uh, delightful yesterday. We're going to recap that pretty soon, but I want to catch Mark Mason before he heads out. You know, he's one of the busiest guys, of course, you've ever seen. And so if you get a chance just to chat with him when there's not a huge crowd surrounding him, then uh, I grab it. So I'm interrupting his breakfast right now. Hey, Mark Mason, how you doing, Mark? Man, you can't even have a bagel in peace around here. How are you doing, Scott, baby? Fantastic. Now, you haven't come here frequently. This is, uh, when's last time you were at the Magi Fest? Do you remember? No, 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 no. This is a frequent one for me. I come every oh, year. Oh, it is this one? Okay. I do, I do Magi Fest always. I always do Blackpool and I always do live. Uh-huh. Um, other than that, I pick and choose. I'm not doing as many these days. You cut back a lot. Yeah, I cut back a lot. I'm an old guy now. That 57, <laughs> 58 or something I am. I'm getting old now. Yeah. And so uh, you're going to be, say going to Blackpool then, and you have, I know, moved from Florida a long time ago, and you're in France or No, Spain? I live in Spain. Spain. I've been living in Spain yep. two and a half years. Mm-hmm. And Tasha's doing fine? She's good. I just spoke to her just now. She's having a little glass of red wine there on the balcony, living the dream. Yeah. Well, and while you're having some coffee, because obviously the time differential, not that she's an alcoholic, but just everybody yeah. knows. They're, yeah. they're she might here. be an alcoholic <laughs> as well, but she's definitely having a glass of wine she just told me with lunch. What is the newest and best thing that's a hot seller you got Ooh, right now? Oh, i got something really really cool called um, On Second Thoughts, which went brilliant yesterday. And I've got something else called Quartet. I've got four new tricks, but those two were hot last night. And have you still got some left, or did you sell out yeah, last no, night? Yeah, no, I've still got some left. I'm getting clever. I try and bring a bit extra, you know, selling out on the first After day. After all this time, you finally well, figured it out. Well, right? selling out on the first day <laughs> sounds good, but you kick yourself and go, I wish I would have brought a few more, right? And yeah. I shipped to Patrick's mats. I hope everybody likes Patrick, and yep. he, I think he's a brilliant guy. I love his yep. mats, but he always yeah. helps me when I'm in this area. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and I know that... Uh, uh, you again got a lot of stuff that you make then yourselves, but also one of the fellows who used to live next to you, just 15 minutes away from you in Florida. Um, it's kind of hard to be away from your mate. What's his name again? That uh, uh, Mr. Mr. Bob Swadling. Bob Swadling. Yeah, the right. one and only, the genius himself. If you open the dictionary and look for Bob Swadling, I'm sure it says genius in there somewhere. And you don't see him very often. Well, I live I live abroad, but I, I, whenever I'm in Florida, I call him. We up. have lunch. Yeah. We we Skype. But we still chit chat. Does he Skype you and give you yeah. new ideas or say, hey, we, how about we, work we, on this or this? We or? still chit chat and stuff. He's yeah. he's moved his workshop. It's still in Florida, but he's moved his workshop now. But um, he's super nice guy. Him and Val, you know, have always been good to me. So um, I wish them all the best. And yep. I think he's going to a convention in Florida soon, um, somewhere. Hmm. Uh, I'm sure he is. Uh, yeah, they seem to have a lot of conventions in Florida. Yeah, they certainly do. I mean, uh, whether it's a balloon festival or a Daytona Beach or the yeah, Florida absolutely. State or whatever like that. Are you going to 4F this year, by the way? Um, I haven't got a ticket yet, but I was guest of honor last year. That's why I thought you might so, come back this year. So I might, uh, let's see how it all works out. Actually, trying to figure out like four years. Yeah, I, I'm the four-year guest. I'm going to go and uh, open the booth. They're screaming at you to go get your sandwich. Yes, I and, uh, and also you need always to go a pleasure speaking to uh, Mr. Scott Wells and all his followers out there. Uh, look after yourself, Scott. And I'll see you soon. Okay. That was for the Magic World Podcast. That was Mark Mason. Scotty out. We just talked with a dealer a moment ago, and that was, of course, a uh, well-known Mark Mason. i got another well-known uh, dealer who's here right now, and so it's, it's great to try to kind of talk with people who are uh, outside the dealer's room, so I'm not in, uh, bothering him too much, although I'm bothering him during breakfast right now. So here he is Chris, with Card Shark, uh, Christian Shank. Hey, Christian. Good morning, everybody. Hello. Guten Morgen, I guess. Uh, good. <laughs> I'm so international. Buenos dias to todos. <laughs> yes. 
Did you come over just for this uh, convention, or have you got some other things you're going to be doing here? Are you going to be in the States for a while? Or? Um, I will then, uh, after this one here, I will leave on Sunday going to my warehouse uh, in uh, California, because I still have things to do and instruct uh, my, my guy there to use ship station and everything so that we are up and running, because all U.S. orders are shipped out from the USA from California. And as I recall, that's kind of in that same complex for Vanishing Inc. and Murphy's Magic, and everybody no, know no, you're not there in Sacramento? Well, uh, most of them are all in Rancho Cordova, but Rancho Cordova is, is big enough. Mm-hmm. And um, I was um, using Murphy's service for fulfillment for two years or so after Roger Nico left America and Donnie Buckley did not, uh, well, he did it for several times. And then Murphy's offered me to do the fulfillment. And they stopped doing fulfillments uh, last year, so I had to find another solution. And uh, Steve Brenham, he is now helping me, um, shipping out all the orders every day. And uh, we found a storage space. We had to move everything over there. And we did this all in California sun, no fan, no air condition, nothing. I was wearing (laughs) underwear when counting all my stuff and all this in the warehouse. No photos, please. Um, it was a, a, an interesting time, let's say it this way. Yeah. As I recall also, you had uh, suffered a tragic fire and lost a lot. Was that in the U.S. or was that in Germany? No, that was, God's sake, that was in Germany. That was in 2017, and the, uh, Germ- uh, the American stock helped me a lot to uh, recover because I certainly had to reprint a lot of products. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I stopped selling to dealers for a while um, because I wanted to be able to sell still to my retail, to retail customers. And therefore, I split the inventory that I still had in America in half, took half back to Germany. And uh, in that time, while we were reprinting all the products, um, I was able to keep up the business and survived. That was good, yeah. I had just learned yesterday, Charlie Randall had told me this, we were talking about uh, stripper deck, I believe someone was using this recently. And uh, they were saying that actually just one side of the deck, when it's done properly, is, is cut rather than both sides uh, for a stripper. And Oftentimes, if you look closely, you can see that the white border is a little bit smaller on one side than the other. But they say, well, you ought to see uh, the cards the card shark makes because Christian takes that into account and moves over the pattern a little bit. So that way you have equal white border around regardless of one side just being shaped a little. That is 100 percent. And also I added a one-way design to my Phoenix decks when I started. So you would have already a visual clue how to turn around the card. So if someone is fooling around with you. Um, and twist the cards you or whatsoever. Cards. You, you can see the card. You, you would see before you put it inside if it's turned around or not. Mm-hmm. So you would never lose the, the chosen card inside um, a, a stripper deck. And you also know exactly because of the one-way design um, if the strip would be going backwards towards your body or away because you are holding the deck in the right position. Oh, Automatically, yeah. yeah. I know you're also coming up with a lot of different ideas and new things all the time, and you probably got some uh, people who consult with you or give you some ideas and things. But what's the newest that you got uh, for sale here this this year? Well, we we have something very interesting that's called Gems from the Desert of Paul Stone. It's not really new in that way, but it's it's uh, five super commercial tricks, very easy to do, um, amazingly simply, amazingly simple, simply amazing. Um, and we have other things coming up for Blackpool. Certainly also Rex Ignis is well known, I, I would say, with the, with the candle trick. I was just talking to Mark Deitch yesterday, and he was saying about uh, Rex Ignis, talking yeah. about that being a, a great trick. He was on, on Penn & Teller Foolis, I think. He was, and yeah. he fooled Penn & Teller with this. I doubt it because I showed it to Teller earlier. Oh. <laughs> you screwed him. <laughs> well, yeah, well, no, it's all good. 
So uh, it's well. Once you understand that fool us is about a good show and a good ma uh, performance of magic, then and not about fooling them, yeah. then you would also understand that uh, the, the Penn's daughter, who fooled them with a trick of mine, that's called triple coincidence. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was not. Was it? Was she really fooling them? Yeah. Uh, right. It's it's just a nice performance, and that's that's more important. Um, but let me while you're while you're here and ask uh, and ask me some questions. Can I show, uh, say something very interesting? Absolutely, yeah. Um, we are one year away from the next FISM convention. The FISM is the World Championship of Magic in Turin. In Turin, and it will happen there. And there's a very interesting uh, change there that will uh, that will happen very very soon um, because the last FISMs I was not really happy with the outcome. In Quebec. Quebec was terrible, I have to say. I have to agree. And uh, a lot of people who, for the North America, who had never been to a visit, that was their first one, and it's too bad they saw that as their first. I mean, the dealer room was pathetic. I thought. And it was not the first one uh, that was that bad. We, I now did four FISMs. I did the first one in Blackpool. And even if Blackpool usually is a very good convention happening in February, um, it was a terrible, terrible one for FISM. Then I did, uh, I did not go to Beijing. That was 2009 because I thought I don't want to have my products half the price being copied in China. Yep. Um, I went to Italy. That was an amazing one. That was in 2015. That Rimini, that was great. That was Rimini. Yeah. That was really a good one, and it's the same organizer doing it this time again. It's Walter Rolfo, so I'm, I'm really trusting in him. Then I was in Korea, in Seoul, in 2018. That was also not a good dealer room. I was the only Western dealer there hmm. of all the dealers available. And, not, and, and we have so many good dealers there. But I want to call them not dealers anymore because, let's say, Daytona Magic is a dealer, mm -hmm. while Penguin Magic or Theory 11 or Card Shark or Vanishing Inc., They're all creators and producers of effects, so they know what they are doing there, and you can really get your hands on and talk with them about secrets. What you, can, good, what you can never do with the dealer, because he just buys stuff and right. resells it. Right. Yeah, so it's totally different. It's a good differentiation. Yeah. yeah so when everybody is talking about the dealer room, I always cringe a little bit inside, <laughs> because it's well, not. What should it be called? Uh, a dealer, uh, uh, a creator's den, okay. something like this. And um, so... I was, after Quebec, I, I, I said to myself, okay, that's my last one as a dealer. I will never do it again. I will go to the next FISM as a guest just to see the, 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 the competition and everything because that's beautiful and I highly recommend it to everybody. And then the last day I had the idea, okay, at least I could do it one more time as a dealer chairman. So I offered my service to Walter Rolfo and told him you have to change a lot to make it a really good one. Otherwise, you will screw it up again, like all the others did. And so I'm offering my service as a dealer chairman. Think about it. And we already had a long, long talk in Quebec then. And he reached out to me in December this year, uh, last year. And I went to Turin this, this uh, January already to see the venue and all this, mm -hmm. to, to see what would be possible, to see what he wants to have, etc. And actually, I was able to talk them out of this building. It was really? Yes, it wasn't a good one. It was um, a huge, the old Fiat manufactory the, okay. of the Fiat cars, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, it's so a big empty hall. It's three empty halls, actually. It's oh. two big halls without columns, and the middle one has a lot of columns inside. And uh, the, 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 the one big column should have been the theater for 3,000 people. And 
alone the, the, the carpet floor would have been $60,000 just to put carpet inside because that's how big it is. And the other big hall would have been for close-up, the dealers and uh, lectures, etc. And you would never ever be able to make it quiet enough so that there would be separate rooms and not uh, disturb the performers, etc. when the dealers are still doing something. So I talked him out of this and he wanted to have the biggest dealer room in the world with 200 dealers. Mm -hmm. Imagine that, 200 dealers. Through how much sh shite you would have to walk through mm -hmm. just to see a gem of good magic. Mm -hmm. So I talked him out of this and I said, narrow it down to 50 really good ones. He convinced me, okay, 70, 75 or so would be a, a better number that would work for him. I could agree on this one. Now, um, he changed the, the venue because of this uh, lower number then because there's a kind of an inside stadium like an ice rink um, where you can put in concerts and so on and so on. So you have the, all the elevated seating all around like in a, in a, in a big uh, stadium and you can divide it 70, 30 percent. So that the bigger part would be for the stage magic and the uh, smaller part would then be for the close-up magic. So really interesting uh, idea as a venue. Um, in the center of Turin, really nice. And the dealers would be um, outside there, directly there. So I think the whole concept would work much, much, much better. And so they have signed a contract and that's where they're going to have it then now? Mm, or they're still I, I, considering? Well, they are, they are working on this right now because I think it would be the best solution right now in Turin. The other one would not work. They had a third option, but I think the theater would be too small. A wonderful, wonderful theater, but it would only get 1,400 people or so. Not enough. That, that's not enough. It should really be a bigger one. So I think it will be the stadium. I cannot promise it anyway. But I made uh, also an agreement so that the dealers would be treated completely different this, this time. Well, let's, let's stop calling it dealers, let's say the pro uh, producers or creators. Yeah. And uh, so I will handpick them. Mm -hmm. So I will invite them to come. And it's not that everybody can just apply. I would check them first, what, what kind of products they have, mm -hmm. so that they are not rip-offs and that it will be a very interesting um, um, yeah, time yeah. for the people to get there and see the coolest magic in the world right in front of their eyes. And so not a free-for-all where everyone is invited to come in and have as many dealers as possible. I, I agree that you're going to be able to limit that. I kind of like the idea of having 52 dealers, like 52 cards. You know, oh, that's, be an interesting, that's an interesting <laughs> approach, but try to hit exactly that number. Okay, I will do my very best. Maybe we'll have some more jokers yeah. in the deck. So that, yeah, could be. You know, say, you know, maybe have a contest. You know, who are the jokers in the in the yeah, dealers' room? Yeah, you know, today yes, or yes, something. Yes. You know, we shuffle up the deck or yeah. you know whatever. You know, welcome to our card room instead of the dealers' room. You know. Yeah, and and here's a very interesting thing, and you might be participating with this as well. Um, I'm looking out for some uh, influencers, bigger ones like Chris mm -hmm. Ramsey, etc., and also then the dealers who apply and will come, that they will be able to promote the FISM convention. To their customers, uh, meaning that they will get a promotion code, and with promotion, with this promotion code, depending on if you are inside Europe or outside Europe, because I know that the cost to get there is way higher from, let's say, America or Australia, etc. That these guys from outside of Europe would get a 10% discount when they are using this this code when they sign up for the FISM, and it's not only them. Uh, it would be a win-win for everybody so yeah. that they would promote it. I think it will be an awesome event. I can only highly recommend to go finally to one FISM being part of You have been there, right? I, I've been to several FISMs since back in 88. I mean, I've and, gone to a lot. It's, it's so Hagen different to a yeah. normal convention, right? Because yeah. the, the competition is so strong. 
they even think about reducing the number of galas because the galas that they usually have they bring older magicians in yeah. paying them a lot of money for yeah. performing something that we have seen hundreds of times yeah. and why not having the best magicians of that time right now for the gala meaning we would start the competition way later than normal in the day and being able to also have them uh, performing and competing in the evening and seeing the best magicians that are existing right now right in front of our eyes instead of a gala of yeah. people that we have seen hundreds of times. Well, that's a good way of looking at it. Certainly, I know the reason they bring in some of the older acts is because of the classic ones, we the ones that... It's show. kind of like, you know, if you're going to be having a band, I don't know, the Rolling Stones, you want to hear some of their old tunes, not just their new ones, but you go to hear some of the old songs. And same thing that you go to a magic convention and say, well, I hope I get to see so-and-so, you know, to do his, like Jeff McBride do something, you know, his mask act or whatever it is. You know? And now do the math because he calculated everything for me. So when you do this and you would have, uh, you would do one show let's say the big stars of magic imagine how much that costs mm -hmm. to a convention like a FISM and I have to say unfortunately magicians are cheap they want to get to a convention for a couple of hundred dollars maybe only yeah. and if you go to any um, corporate event, corporate you, event you, pay you, you pay thousands etc sure. to get sure. there And you have to live with that budget to well, as long organize as, everything. As right? long as this continues to be a hobby rather than a profession, or looked at that way, then people are saying, well, how much can, do I have as discretionary income in order to pay for my hobby to attend these conventions or buy these tricks? Because 90% or more are not really even part-time professionals as far as making money on it. Or if they do, it's not part of their major income. I am 100% with you, and I'm still struggling with this, um, with this because most conventions... Uh, who are organizing it are still doing a big uh, big mistake for instance sorry to say that um, but I told the SAM uh, TOM that is happening this year that um, I will not be able to get there because I would at least have an overhead of $2,000 just to be there um, because the hotel room is ridiculously expensive almost $1,000 to be there And yeah, but this it's is more the house. like four nights, I believe, or five nights. Yes, yeah. yes, but what do you have for that? You you pay just you you you. That's nine hundred dollars. You cannot mm -hmm. spend for your magic, mm -hmm. and you have to, to do the calculation. So you pay maybe a couple of hundred for the registration to mm -hmm. be there. Yeah. Now I'm talking about being a magician to see the, the 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 convention there. The food will not be that super cheap. It's, everything is getting more expensive. Then you have the ho uh, expensive hotel. So you are at least with flight, etc. Um, well, it's the same with every, any convention. I mean, you can't just nail that onto the well, TOM. You, do, you have, do you have to go to all these expensive hotels? You're, you're a guy with 4F as well. Yeah. The hotels can be way cheaper. It could be done in a time when the hotel rates are not that high. Yeah, but you want to also see magic as it can best be presented whenever that a performer... I mentioned Jeff McBride, you know. I mean, he's not going to be working in a hotel lobby, you know, kind of a... He's got to have a, you know, no, lights. No, but there are other venues out there. It said, I mean, I still remember in very good memory uh, the Magic in the Rockies, for instance. Yeah. Where they did an awesome yeah. job, right? And the hotel was affordable. Everything was well organized. And, and, and you still had a wonderful theater in the evening, mm -hmm. and you had uh, the close-up sessions and everything. It was yeah. a wonderful experience, seriously. And I think that the other conventions who are always striving for bigger and, and more expensive hotels, etc., because everything is in there, it's so expensive 
to be at a convention that how do you really get younger people in when you already have to pay at least 1500 to go to a convention? Yeah, I know there's some conventions like this one, the Magi Fest here, yeah. you know, has scholarships or they have uh, some, I was just talking with someone who's got a, the uh, uh, Wonder Bash coming up in Grand Rapids uh, later this year and they were saying about how that they're going to be have some scholarships available so that if you uh, can't afford it and you're a youth at a, below a certain age that you can apply for and probably get a free uh, registration, you know. But before we go any further, I did want to say I, I think that's a great idea of having you to come in. Whenever I was president of the TAOM, and I've also been involved, when they ask for my suggestions at conventions, I always will say, and whenever, I, again, I was president, I had working for me someone who was a dealer, so that way it's like they, who would be the dealer chairman? In fact, I had Charlie Randall with HR Magic Books at the time to be the dealer because He's been on that side of us. Like, you know, how would you like to be treated rather than someone who's on the outside seeing it from a different perspective? And you have an excellent perspective, obviously. And so I think that you know what dealers want, what they need, and as far as what the hours are going to be and, and all that kind of a thing. So I think it's good that they're going to actually look to someone with experience to, to handle that area as well. Yeah, well, I have been to all continents besides of Africa. I've been to all continents to magic conventions. doesn't matter if it was Japan, uh, um even Indonesia and, and South America and Mexico and everywhere. Yeah. So I know how the conventions are held and unfortunately most of the conventions are still uh, having this idea in, them, in their mind that a dealer is making a lot of money being at a convention while they are not competing now with a brick and mortar shop anymore. They are competing against the internet. Uh-huh. Every, everything yeah. is online, right? So. Uh, where in, on earth can you as a magician see magic life being performed in front of you that you can then purchase? Yeah. It's either lectures, mm-hmm. uh, so you see a lecturer and he sells stuff, or uh, brick and mortar shops are, are not affordable anymore because they are too expensive. So it's online shops and you see some videos that are edited and you don't know how to get in, how to get out, if this is just good for a five-second TikTok video or whatsoever, yeah. or a really good uh, well performance that is well thought of. So you are um, you, you have to go to a convention to see the magic live there and, and sp- speak with Mark Mason or me or yeah. whatever how this trick is done. I, I'm, I'm open with the secrets there at the convention. I'm, I'm showing them exactly what the gimmick is looking like, etc. Does it work for them? Is, does it involve sleight of hand? Is it easy to perform? And so on and so on. Yeah. All this is important to make a, 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 a qualified purchase. I would agree. Yeah. I- yeah, I don't want to take you any longer because I know that we're going to be starting dealer's room pretty soon, and I've uh, oh, yeah. interrupted oh, your breakfast over here, and I don't want it to get more cold. And we could talk for a long time. We probably ought to sit down and do a full episode sometime if I can never pull you away for an hour. Maybe, maybe you'll find some more time when we see us at 4F, maybe. That's a good idea, actually, a good idea. And I'll see you in April then. That would be in April. For the Magic Word Podcast. That was Christian Shank with Card Shark, Scotty Allen. Well, we just finished having breakfast. Now we're over getting ready for the Arthur Benjamin Lecture in literally a couple of minutes over here. But before we get started, we're running into a, a good friend and friend of the Magic Word then as well, Nancy Anderson from Chicago. Hey there, Nancy. Hey, how are you, <laughs> Fancy Scott? Nancy. Fancy Nancy, that's right, <laughs> from Chicago. Yeah, this is such a wonderful place to see friends. It is great. There are a lot of great friends who are here and a lot of great magic so far. We've great just gotten started. Great magic, yes. Yeah. And I just want to congratulate you for the good work you're doing. I learned so much from your podcast. Most recently, you had Rolando Santos, who did just a fantastic job talking about engaging people, how to perform in a way that is emotional. And I was sitting down in my desk taking notes of all of the seven um, emotions, emotions yeah. that, that you should be 
following when you're engaging a client. Um, but more importantly, every time I listen to your podcast, I walk away feeling like I just went to a University of Magic class because you have people like um, Jamie. Jamie and Swiss. Yep, who had a wonderful amount of information for me talking about the history of some of the performance and performers and books. And if you can see my notebook, it's all filled with information that is so valuable to me. So thank you, Scott. You <laughs> deserve to have the award for the best podcast in match. Well, thank you Good very much, Nancy. You. By the way, speaking of, uh, of a notebook, I think that's important that you do take notes. You do. And so... Yep. Tell other people why they should take yeah, notes. Absolutely, and, because it, magic is so fluid in reality. And ephemeral, something hard to hold on to. Yes, and, and sometimes life is so busy that it's best for you to have a reference book mm-hmm. where you write down here in this conference. I already will walk away probably with 10 pages of notes. <laughs> so, yeah, keep, keep on journeying. Yeah. So, thank you, Scott. Yeah, it's important to everybody to be listening to what you do. Just was saying right there, and as you're listening to things, it's like when you're doing a magic show. A lot of times you forget about a line that was said or something that was done. You think, oh, I'm going to remember that and do that. The next day you forget about it completely. And the same thing, I think, like a lot of times when you're in school, that if you don't jot it down, you know, and then they have a test, it's like, I should have jotted that down, you know. But there will always be a test. If you ever perform, that is your test. Exactly. And so you need to be ready for those tests by having this uh, journal that you've been Yes. Keeping. I'm going to make the fancy Nancy Journal of Magic book. <laughs> I love it. For I love sale. it. Uh, Nancy, thanks very much. It's getting ready yeah. for the show then right now. Talk to you later. So with the Magic Word Podcast. That was Nancy Anderson. Scotty Allen. We've just uh, seen a couple of uh, really good lectures here today. We uh, This morning, since we've uh, left breakfast and got the day started already with some things, we begin with Arthur Benjamin, who is giving not only a demonstration of uh, mathematical skills, uh, but then also a lecture about how to do this, and then followed by Blaise Sarah, who... <laughs> Basically, it was a demonstration. I mean, although he was teaching this, it was just crazy skills that only he does. <laughs> you know, it's like, here's how I do it. Okay. <laughs> You've got a challenge out there. But I've got with me uh, Mark Holstein, who can kind of uh, help me go through this. How have you been enjoying? Hello, Mark. How are you doing this morning? I'm good, Scott. How are you? <laughs> Fantastic. So you've been enjoying the convention? Yeah, you? this is our first Magic Fest and uh, really enjoying it. Um, you know, uh, Josh and Andy do an amazing job. Everything is yeah. really well organized uh, and some really terrific talent. So we're having a blast. Well, as some of the people who might be listening to this that uh, regularly have heard me talk with you whenever we're at Abbott's, because you're now going to be coming into what, their 40th year as a stage manager well, for the uh, Abbott's? The stage manager, it's just under 40 years, but I've been attending uh, since 1978. I haven't missed one. Haven't missed one? No. Wow. Yeah. I, I mean, Snow I'm, or ice or rain or no, <laughs> ill no, health or whatever, I've nothing been, keeps you away. been there every year. <laughs> uh, lived in London for two years and traveled back. Just uh, for that. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Um, and we've got another great one coming up. So I hope mm-hmm. everybody will join us in Colin. Now, this is going to be the last year that Mike Miller is going to be the uh, – or is he doing it this year? Is he the talent he, chairman? No, he's doing it. And, and um, I, as far as I know, he'll continue to do it. Okay, Same I didn't know me. if he was going to yeah, no, hang it up. You've got the senior tour now with uh, Mike and I doing uh, the stage <laughs> and the talent. <laughs> 
and you know we love the get together. We love the boarders, and we're going to continue to support them. Well, you have some of the same people who are coming. You know, like uh, Steve Chesaday and and uh, trying to think of all the other guys. Yeah, you know, no, I've had great crew. Pretty much the same crew. Uh, you know, for uh, twenty to thirty years, depending on who we're talking about. Mm-hmm. But they all love doing it. They're very dedicated, and I think the results show uh, on stage. You know, our shows run tight yeah. and smooth. We don't have a lot to work with there, but we make it work, and uh, very proud to lead those guys. And this is your first Magi Fest. Why? Why haven't you attended in the past? Well, that's, you know, life gets in the way. <laughs> so you have to make choices. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Sue and I happened to be in the Midwest visiting family and mm-hmm. last minute decided we'd come. Gene Anderson's been harassing me for years to come. And yeah. so here we are. It's a great convention. Yeah, I've been coming since the days when Jeff Hossettler and the yeah. Redcoats used to handle this, Ron Spangler and all these guys. Yeah, no, absolutely. And yeah. it has a great reputation, so we're excited mm-hmm. to finally be able to attend. Yeah, I was sorry to hear that uh, Josh is not here due to ill health, I guess. So he wanted to kind of stay away. He said he didn't know if he was contagious, but just didn't yeah. feel well enough to Yeah, no, here, so. right. But I've seen Andy around, and, of course, their team does oh, a fantastic yeah. job so yeah. yeah yeah you're right i would have loved to have seen him but you know you do what you can that's right well so far have you been enjoying the uh, convention oh it's great yeah the lineup is great um we've enjoyed the lectures and the shows and uh looking forward to seeing what else is ahead yeah it's a it's a great weekend i think it's one of the better conventions it's the first major convention in the u.s that kicks off the convention right. season you know, right. the year you know yeah and the weather's been pretty good you know it people has. warned me it was going to be really cold it was cold we arrived in chicago on friday night and Saturday morning it was minus seven. Oh, so is there any snow is, on the ground? Uh, there was a lot of snow on the ground, uh, and then we were in Wisconsin where it was slightly warmer, not much, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of snow there. Yeah. Uh, so this is great. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're enjoying the convention, yeah. and I we, I talked uh, quickly about the others. Now, have you seen Arthur Benjamin uh, perform and lecture before? Forty years ago, uh, okay. he came to Abbott's. He first competed in the contest. Did he? Yeah. And then the following year, they booked him to perform. Yeah. And he blew me away then, and he blew me away again this morning. <laughs> he yeah. is amazing. Yeah. He's one of these guys who's really been below the radar, way below the radar, because he's teaching. I mean, he's got a full time job out in California. I yeah. Believe, so. Although below the radar for magicians, but you know, his TED talks have been yeah. hugely popular. Oh, what did yeah. they say? 50 million views million. or something? yes. Yeah. So, um, you know, he definitely has a following out there. He's incredibly entertaining and charming, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and we, Sue and I both thought while he was lecturing that we would have loved to have him as a teacher when we oh. were in college. Wouldn't he have been his exciting? Te- yeah. yeah, his teaching skill is, is second to none. It's like, uh, oh, I got that concept. Exactly. You know? It exactly. looks very difficult, but then once he teaches it and deconstructs it, it's like, oh, I got it. Precisely right. So, you know, I can remember some algebra and other teachers that weren't that good, and <laughs> yeah. I wish I, I wish I'd had somebody like Arthur as my teacher. Yeah. And then Blaze Sarah. Have you seen him perform before? I have or? not. First okay. time. First time you heard um, of him. You know, I'm not a card magician or, you know, mm-hmm. I don't do mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. It's, it's amazing to watch and, you know, for him to share his methods, um, probably unattainable for most of us, uh, but still <laughs> Everybody just said, wow. Yeah. And, you know, when he talks about, you know, rehearsing that last bit for four hours a day for six months. Yeah. It's great that he's got time to do that. Yeah, he said, you can do this if you want to devote this kind of time. <laughs> exactly, uh, and I'd admire that, but, you know. <laughs> what a uh, commitment. Yeah, I, I don't have that kind of time. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's a young man, you know. True enough. I had seen him, and I was being introduced to him, I think it was at Magic Live several years ago, and I did. They said, you need to see what this kid's going to do, and I did a, just a short YouTube video. In fact, I posted that over on Facebook, and I'll uh, repost that again on okay. the website. So if you want to see just a, a quick presentation of him blowing you away in less than 60 seconds, just. Uh, go to the magicwordpodcast.com and you'll see a, a video of, of him. But he has been around for a little while. I mean, he is a, sh- a young man. What is he? Looks like about 27 or something. That'd be my know? guess. Certainly he's not 
celebrity yet. And he uh, looks like a he could be a movie star. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he has those yeah. looks. Yeah, we won't talk about how annoyingly handsome he is. Uh, <laughs> and all this hair, a lot of hair. A lot of hair. Yeah, we all were there at one point. <laughs> I remember those days. Yeah. And now I've got wavy hair. One side stands up and waves goodbye to the other side. Yeah, you know? something <laughs> like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Mark, good talking to you. I'm glad you enjoyed the convention and welcome uh, to Magi Fest. Thank you. I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. <laughs> so for the Magic Word Podcast, that was Mark Holstein, Scotty Al. There's a lot of stuff that's happened today, and we talked with a few people, but we really haven't gotten into a lot of detail about some of the things that were talked about. So I have with me then a couple of people to kind of recap what was going on, including one of the people who was actually, we're going to recap about, I don't know how you actually say that, but who was actually in one of the one of the talks. But first of all, uh, John Wolf. Hey, John. Hi, Scott. How are you today? I'm nothing less than fantastic. And this other guy's name, and I believe it's Harrison Greenbaum. That's I believe me. It is Harrison. That's yes. Him right there. Scott, have you been drinking? What? Yes, of course it's I, me. I have. I've had a couple sassafras. Ah, so, there we go. That's, that's the magic word I love. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go take a schwitz. What do you say? Yeah, schwitz it up, baby. And have some schnapps. Some schnapps and a schwitz. Schnapps and a schwitz. Uh, so the first thing was, John, you said you didn't see uh, Arthur Benjamin's lecture this morning. Right, but I saw Blaze and Blaise his card work. But you, you did see Arthur this morning uh, doing the thing about... How that you can square numbers and everything? Did, I didn't see any of it, but I, there were numbers and there were calculations. <laughs> Math happened. Math happened. Oh That's yes, right. <laughs> it was amazing. And I tell you, I was talking with someone earlier, and they said, "Man, if I had oh, I know is uh, Mark Holstein said if I had a teacher like that in college, I would have learned so much more because he made it so easy and fun how to learn math. I mean, it's kind of like afterwards, I can do that. I can square root." Uh, you know, double-digit numbers now. I mean, it's okay. There's a there's a trick to it, and there are other kinds of things, obviously, which is what all magic about. There's a trick to all this. And speaking of tricks, so the next guy was Blaze Sarah. Yes. Now, tell, now that guy had crazy skills. He had amazing skills, and his mem deck with the way he indexes it on top of his skill was just phenomenal. And he's added so much to that. I like the idea of every tenth card's rounded, so he can, yes. he can and go I up or down and so count. Clever. Yeah. And I do a lot of things with um, indexing cards with corner rounders because yeah. it makes life so much easier. I don't do any mem deck work. But one of the other um, participants yesterday, I was um, chatting with him, and he does a lot of mem deck. Ran into him after this lecture. I said, what did you think? He goes, um, it has aspired me to work even harder. Well, the one thing that kind of blew everybody away was the one thing that he was doing with a one-handed center. What was that? I don't even know what you call that. A center. Well, it was a two-card control, one-handed. One-handed, and then he would pull the, the cards out, deck. and you'd say whether you want top or bottom, and he could move it uh, there. And he said, "I'm the only." Oh, and also the way how he can actually, with one hand, uh, split the uh, deck into four different suits, and then into New individual deck order. Yeah, and he's the only guy. So, well, you know, you could do that too if you take six months of your time for a couple hours a day. <laughs> I think he said four hours a four day hours for a day. six months. That's right. Did you see his lecture also? I this? saw some of it. I was most impressed he wore a turtleneck even though this convention has been 105 degrees. <laughs> I thought he looked like a movie star. I tell you, that, that kid, <laughs> if he went to Hollywood, I think some casting director should find that guy. I mean, yeah. He, yeah. he has the look, you know, I think. I mean, but can he square numbers? <laughs> <laughs> Who do we have next? It was after... Uh, so I Blaise watched was... Julie Chen's lecture, yeah. and I thought that was fantastic. You really I... skipped over my whole part, I, I don't. but go ahead. But... <laughs> there was a whole thing I, that I happened know, before which, that. Which I missed that. 
Um, but Julie Chen, I do. Oh, he, didn't, he didn't miss the squaring numbers, but the, <laughs> the, the bulk too. of the day. <laughs> but Julie Chen, I do a lot of yeah, yeah, I do a lot of stand up work, uh-huh. and her stage. So do I. I've known that if you went to the lecture. <laughs> Um, but I will, I'll never be in a manipulation act. But just some of the details about how to look at the audience, how to structure your movement on stage, letting your body lead your eyes. That's important stuff that hardly is ever discussed in a normal magic lecture. Right. But it's so important for a really refined performance. I, I agree. I've watched uh, her lecture as well, and it was something that's not just for stage, but as you say, because you do stand-up. There were a lot of tips that I got on there as well. Uh, there were some uh, very, as you said, body language. I remember hearing some things reiterated that she reiterated that I've heard Vito Lupo and some others talk about, you know, and, and drawing in the audience to make sure that they watch you. When you're working stand-up then, Harrison, and you're like in comedy clubs, how do you draw in an audience to keep focus on you or do you just kind of beat them over the head that they can't avoid looking at you (laughs) no there's lots of tricks i mean there is a choreography for sure i mean the way you pace the stage i like sort of like kind of walking back and forth and you kind of pause yeah and it's a subtle thing but it drives home this is the important thing i'm saying this is the punchline yeah so there's for sure a physical choreography that is very important and there's also a whole world of physical comedy like there's a way to I, I'm most obsessed with talking funny, yeah. but moving funny is very good too. I don't think many comedians think about that. They just think about I got to write a joke, I'm going to script something. And they don't think about the blocking part. No, I mean I think the good ones. I mean I think the really good ones yeah. know that there is a writing component and a performance component, uh-huh. voice, movement, choreography. There's so much that goes into it, um, and so the the best guys I think have have both. But that's not something that you think about. When you're getting started, you're just trying to get up on the stage and an well, open night, open mic night, and stand-up comedy can be a lot, a little less formal than magic. There aren't like comedy lectures or like mm-hmm. when you go to a comedy club, that's where comedians perform. It's not like where a bunch of old guys go to discuss comedy. Yeah, once a month at an IHOP. Um, <laughs> but like comedians learn it by just doing thousands of shows, mm-hmm. and naturally over time you realize, oh, if I sit down dramatically here, that's a much bigger laugh. Oh, if I move there, that's a much bigger laugh. Um, so it is something that it would be it would be easier if somebody just sat you down and said, "Here's the one hour talk on it." Right. They learn it over thousands of hours because the audience gives them feedback. That's the best true. ones do. That's true. And I had heard where like Jerry Seinfeld practices on eliminating more and more words, so you get to the just. In other Absolutely. words, you have nine words in a sentence. You get that down to eight, seven, and if six words that are all you need. That's even better. Compression, right? So in my book, I have the three C's of comedy, contrast, clarity, compression. Mm -hmm. Compression is that whole thing of getting it as short as possible. What book is that? You are all terrible. Available from (laughs) tannins.com. Get it while supplies last. It looks like a tarbell. There's a surprise with a dust jacket. It's it's fun. I guarantee the most penis jokes in a magic book, probably in history, (laughs) and Holocaust jokes. Yeah, I think I think there's a few. One or two in there. I I had to follow that. If you had been at the earlier thing, it was like a round robin lightning round of short TED style talks. The one right before me was on the Holocaust. It was a Mormon guy. So it was a Mormon guy talking about Jews and the Holocaust. So I obviously talked about black magicians. I thought that Uh, was funny. That was a funny line. (laughs) Since, since this Christian guy a was talking about intro. Jews, I'm going to be talking about black magicians. In it was a hell of an introduction. <laughs> My God. Well, 
in that regard, the first thing we had was Lance Rich, who talked about neon lights. Neon Dreams. Grand the dreams. history of Las oh my Vegas, gosh. magic in Las Great Vegas. Great presentation, PowerPoint. Right. They had some video, you know, with Siegfried and Roy and David Copper. No, yeah. they didn't have David. I guess David, David was, was in there. In there. Yeah, That's absolutely. Right. And, and some others. It was just really good. And he was uh, had done a lot of research and had uncovered somebody who was even predated uh, Gloria Day as being the first. She was the first magician on the strip, but the first guy was some guy was like at a dime store or something and did some magic yeah, or something. Yeah, he tracked him down. Tracked this guy down finally. Magician and ventriloquist. And, and, that's right. That's, yeah, he was doing real double real no duty. threat. That's right. And I think he was from the Ohio area, which was kind of interesting because they're tying well, it back to back. where we are here. Uh, and then after that, uh, let's see, who was up uh, next after that? Did it say over there? that Well, we had Alan. Ac- oh, no, it was, uh, you got Lance. Uh, Randy Shine was the host. Yeah, Randy Shine was um, the host. Tim Hill was there doing electronic magic, yeah. very James Bond stuff, very cool. Yeah, it's something he presented a couple of years ago before COVID, I think, or just yeah. at the end around 21. And now they've got this thing refined, and yeah, he, he was selling uh, this other, yeah, James Bondish kind of yes. amazing Yes, Jason Saran did uh, two mentalism principles, very interesting That's stuff. That's what it was. He gave an idea, which he just performed in right now. But, yeah, he was talking about the importance of leading the questions and, you know, picking up body language. And if yeah. you're going to be doing uh, psychic readings or, you know, that kind of a thing that you can, yeah. He had yeah, a great and we had lecture. Holocaust for a while. Yeah, Richard and Hatch. Then, Richard Hatch. Yes, Dick so, Hatch. That's about, what I call the fly on Dick. my jeans. <laughs> uh, I've heard that before. Every <laughs> pair of pants has the Dick Hatch. Yeah. And, uh, and then I followed with... Uh, I talk about some of the jokes and tricks that have almost got me fired, killed, or sued. No, you say almost got you <laughs> fired, killed, or sued. But uh, when you left Vegas, then you came back. Was it your contract was up? Yeah. I mean, I've heard all kinds of rumors. Really? But, yeah. What was that? Oh, that sounds saucy. <laughs> it wasn't as interesting as I think you... I, I, I didn't hear anything you, specific other than oh, it's just okay. kind of like that I... Nebulous. That he was somebody... I mean, there was someone who had complained at the Cirque show that this was inappropriate, and Cirque said, okay, well, <laughs> we're going to get rid of him. No. Then I would have been fired day, day one. But, uh, no. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I got to see the end of my contract, and... Uh, I, it was it was it was time. It was I done six hundred and fifty performances. Yeah, um, it was a really really great experience. First, I learned a ton. First comedian to headline. First comedian to ever headline yeah. a Cirque du Soleil show, and the first magician they enjoyed working with. Um, <laughs> oh, wait a minute, they worked with Chris Angel. Okay, never mind. Yeah, and uh, I think it performed for nearly a million people. Uh, it's pretty crazy. And, uh, yeah, I have a couple of projects uh, of my own that I'm really excited about. I'll be announcing very, very soon. And so I needed to spend the time and energy and focus on What are you doing then in, back in New York and right now? Working on this special project. Well, no, no, no. I know uh, but you were doing but I'm also else. just performing literally three, four times a night. Like, I just had a 25-show week. You running around different comedy clubs comedy like you used to? Comedy clubs comedy club. Mm-hmm. On tour, I was in Vancouver last week. I'm in Pennsylvania next week. Uh, I'm going to be in Blackpool in the UK in a few I'll be weeks. There. See you there. I'll be there. Yeah, we'll have some fish and chips together. There we go. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's, I hear it's like this convention. It's as white but less teeth. <laughs> I that was a British joke, everybody, and uh, <laughs> they're laughing because they have health care, Scott. <laughs> That's right, but not dental care. <laughs> um, but yeah, so then I give my my little spiel on uh, all that stuff. Basically, the message is take risks. Uh, break stuff, push the limits. Um, obviously, punch up, not down. That's the main caveat with all of that. But that's the only way to move the art form forward is to take those risks. And uh, yeah, that's how we push the limits to push the art forward. And tomorrow night will be uh, like uh, 18 and over kind of a thing. 18 and over only. State of the Magic Union. 
which you have done at other places. You have a little PowerPoint presentation that you yes. have been riffing on people. I, it's basically, How long have you been working on that one, this one? Oh, man, too long for something <laughs> I can only use once. Um, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. It's just for us. It's just for you guys. It's very topical and it's very current. Exactly. But, yeah, it's basically... Um, what has happened more or less uh, last year, the 2023 of Magic, uh, a little bit before 2023, a little bit after 2023. I should call you for the podcaster to do a yearly rap, <laughs> you know, to say, I mean, not like uh, not like rap music. I mean, like that uh, classic rap or that C rap or what I call I would crap. pay good money to see Scott Wells rap, <laughs> R-A-P. It would be, I hate crime, but I would watch it. Yeah. <laughs> I would watch and love it. But that'd be a good idea at the end of the year to say, okay, what happened here this year? Uh, we'll start with January, you know, across the, across the magic world. That sounds like homework, Scott. Uh, that sounds that's fun. It sounds very fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So tomorrow night's going to be uh, uh, fun. Tonight we're going to be seeing Richard Turner. Yeah, we're different. going to be seeing Richard Turner. He won't be seeing us. That's, I'll tell you that. <laughs> You gonna use that tomorrow? Maybe. <laughs> that's not a I just thought of it. No, that's not. You know, I'm glad I could see you tonight because Richard couldn't see us last night. There you go. You know, it's. it's I'm glad you came tonight. So there's something. I mean, do we even need there. to be here? Can we just play applause real loud on a recording and tell him he did a great job? <laughs> Let's all get drunk. Man, it's a good thing that Richard's got a good sense of humor. <laughs> he does. He <laughs> he's a great guy. Does. Yeah. Being a Texan and ripped. Yeah, my guy. God. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, you know, he's a kickboxer and all that yeah. kind of stuff. And. Uh, Weightlifter, and I mean, I, I don't know when he finds time to do that because he's practicing cards, you know, six hours a day. Of course, he's he's fiddling with the Blaise. cards at the same Him time. And as, are, oh my gosh, yeah, yeah. Between them, the, there's no time not practice. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So it's going to be fun uh, here for the rest of the evening. And is there anything that's uh, happening tomorrow that you're looking forward to? Sleep eventually. That's Sleep. Sunday. Um, that's right. I, I, I've been working very late nights on this roast. Because it's one of those things where you can prepare as much as possible, uh, but then things happen at the convention that you want to incorporate. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, yeah, I'm excited to do it. Uh, it's the last thing of the convention. It is the, the very first. last thing. There's the gala show, half hour break, and then Aussie, a roast. Aussie wind, I guess. Aussie's in the afternoon. Is Jay with John Sankey Graham. here, by the way. Jay Sankey, physically not here yet. I don't know, but uh, tomorrow him. he's supposed to be here. Okay, I wondered if him he and uh, yeah. maybe Dan Harlan, who all was going to be on the show tomorrow night. But oh, on the gala. Yes, yeah, what I'm talking about. I think Julianne. Uh-huh. That'd be good. Maybe. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. Okay. Well, do you know who's, say happen. who's going to be on the show there tomorrow night, John? I'm going to check real quick on the schedule. And we, yeah, we've got yes. the uh, this is uh, riveting. Julianne, right Trigg, Alexander. Who is it? <coughs> um, oh, Trigg Watson's going to be here. Yes. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. So it's going to be a great, great show. It will be a good show. And then lock, rock, locking it up over there, wrapping it up, then it will be Harrison. Yes, wrapping it. No, with an R. I want you to wrap right now. Before Wait, he does that, bit, I think we need to wrap this whole thing. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, my We're God. So gangsta. <laughs> That's right. No, don't ever say that again. <laughs> For the Magic Word Podcast, it's John Wolf, <laughs> Harrison Greenbaum. That's me, baby. Scotty out. Shabbat shalom. <laughs>